on the seventh day, God created the right man and said, go forth with your full head of hair, my son. So church on a Sunday, as Righty will be preaching the good word of football any given Monday. Right, man. Just rocked up. It's going, man. Recording. Hey, man. How, How are you? you going? Good, brother. Good. How are you feeling oh, after? Fuck, man. I'm, I'm just getting getting back to normal now. Oh, like, that, what a high. What was the weekend? But just um, the depression hits me hard coming back from things like that, especially when we got on the piss so hard on the Saturday night. Oh, man. That was a good drink. With a good bunch of lads. All the good lads were there. Yeah. Did you, you, did you drop me home back to my hotel? No, we dropped Dave home. Miranda? Yeah. Uh, we, we dropped him at Ride. Because oh, it was fine. Shit. We just went that way, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good fella. He's a ledge, eh? Yeah, he, he's telling me how. Because I go, how long did you play for Belrose for? And he said, years. And he said, mate, it's only about 25 minutes from where I live. And I'm 25 minutes the other way to the city. Yeah. Oh, nice. So I must have just gone. I don't fucking remember. I must have just jumped in with some of the boys. You must have. Mm. With Florimo or someone? Mm. Probably. Florimo, my roommate. Yeah. Is that the first time you said really spoke? That's the first time I met him. But yeah, that's I've I've found on on a lot of tools that I've been in, um, the I always <laughs> I always get paired. You're it's good that you get paired up with someone that you don't really know, you know. Yeah. So because you're thrown into a room together and you get to know each other really well. But um, yeah, Flo, as he likes to be called, he's a ledge. Um, he was telling Jane that um, everyone kept asking about his dad. Yeah, how's your dad? He goes, yeah, he's good. I'm all right too, eh? <laughs> yeah, Everyone it. just wanted to ask about Greg, his yeah. old man. And then when we're um, watching the replays back, you hear the commentators talking about the oh, that's um, that's the um, Florimo's son, you know. And he's like, yeah, but I'm also playing right there, so just talk about me. Yeah, I, he was spinning me. He's funny out when I said, mate, I remember you when you were playing twenties at the Tigers. Oh, oh yeah. Do you? Yeah. Oh, nice. Did you tell him that you remember everyone though? But I didn't mention that. I made him feel special. And he said, yeah, I'm at Wyong now. I said, yeah, yeah, I remember you playing cup down there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, how was um, the weekend and all for you? I was awesome. I, I loved it. And just, I think they need to do a few things. The hierarchy. Uh, ticket prices were expensive. And then you get nobody there, which was disappointing. But Sydney's a shit place for crowds. Do you reckon it was a third full? Well, they reckon there was 13,000 there on Friday night, which I find an exaggeration. Yeah. And they reckon there was 15 there on Saturday. Saturday, it seemed more spread out. But by towards the end with the finals and that, a lot of people had hit the trail, like all the Lebanese supporters and all that. A lot of people had come yeah. and watch who they wanted to see play. So the merchandise was ridiculously steep. Trying to flog off jerseys for 140 bucks. Oh, really? Nine shirt that didn't have any particular, just had a bunch of different teams on it and said World Cup nines with the date on it for 50 bucks. Yeah. Did you get any merch? No, oh, I, I did. I bought a stubby holder for me and I bought Zara a nines footy. Oh, nice. A little nines footy and that added up to 30 bucks. Yeah. And you were in that, but you had those corner seats. Yeah, they were mad seats. And Did you like the uh, the seats that I brought you into? Were they better? Yeah, yeah, they were better. They were great, or, our seats. Or did the sun start hitting you? No, nah, not at all. Oh. Everybody was in there. Yeah. Sam Tompkins came up and sat in front of me, mm. all the French boys. 
Yeah. Olam walked past. All the PNG girls were right next to us. Oh, nice. So yeah, it was it was good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just that in the timing of the the actual weekend was a bit off, wasn't it? I felt. What else was on? There was um big race day out there at um uh what do you call it um forget what it, I forget what it was. Was but, it the Everest thing? Yeah, that was it. The Everest was on. Yeah. Out there at um out at, in Western Sydney. Yeah. So that was on. And just the World Cup uh rugby final semi final a quarter I mean was on. Some people wouldn't have watched that, but the viewers on apparently on KO and Fox were massive. So a lot of people watched oh, really? it. It just not a lot of people went. Yeah, I didn't even look into that because a lot of people that I was speaking to, obviously, just watching KO and Fox, and I was I was kind of surprised with the amount of people that reached out that said they were actually watching the. You know. Oh, it must have been heaps because I saw people like um, uh, petrol and that putting tagging photos of you scoring oh, yeah. up. People must have had their phones ready yeah, to yeah. see you score, or they just had the streaming service that could go back and pause it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. either yeah. or, they knew that the tries were coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So they they um surprisingly came, but um yeah, as being a part of it, man. The like besides that, like the front end stuff with getting the pe- people through the door, the back end stuff with the way that they run it, with all uh, the um nations there and the um way that it was organised through downstairs, it was it was unbelievable. I don't think the NRL could have done it any like more fluently than what they did yeah just the whole timing of the event yeah so like down under downstairs of Bankwest, what they had is kind of if you think about suncorp right you know when you're underneath suncorp and there's like big loading areas at each end yep so what they did is they carpeted them and turned them into makeshift um dressing rooms really for, yeah for all the nations so we were our dressing rooms was like a small little box, and we were getting dressed next door to the Papua New Guineans, and then we they're next door to the New Zealand, so we're all in one area getting changed. And then what they would do is they'd have like a few, um, uh, just like um, NRL, what do you call them? Like NRL workers, would lack yeah. of a better word, but just um, people on the crew that would be like, all right, USA, you're going into the warm-up area in five minutes. And it was exactly, you had to be in there in five minutes. So you get into yeah, the nice. warm-up area because there's a game going out on the field. So they're like 20 minutes in there. And while you're warming up, they're going, all right, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes, two minutes, one, let's walk out. And that's when we'd walk out. So everything nice. was to the, just like clockwork. And then after we'd play, they'd bring us into a different area, which was the um, like the dress down area, you know. So yeah, nice. we'd shower off. They'd have ice baths in there, and we had we had a lot more time. It wasn't as structured in there, but they still had a set time. We had to get out of there, but we and the at Bankwest. So the the cool thing, sorry, the cool thing about um, what they've done at Bankwest is their ice baths are like total plunge pools. So, yeah. you can, so you can just step off the edge and just go full depth, like body depth into it. And so we were just jumping in them after each game and then having the hot showers and then getting out of there. But it was, I found it amazing how, how much organization would have gone into um, manipulating every team around like that. Yeah. Right. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and then we obviously had that players area that we brought you into and we were allowed in there and downstairs was, it was just like, um, buffet. 
Yeah, I saw people coming out with yeah. a lot of food. So all the players and stuff could go in there, watch the games from there in the center of the field, get their food, get their Powerade's water in between games, and then go back to their dressing sheds if needed. Where did you train at? Wentworth Hill? Did Howie tee that up? He, Howie said he didn't tee it up. I, I don't think. I think they just chose that, and it just made sense because of Howie. So, because when we first trained there on the the second day, I go, Howie, did you teal this? He goes, nah, they just, um, they were going to choose to train here. And then it just made sense. And so I even think Howie had the keys one day and there wasn't other, there wasn't anyone else from Wentworthville there. But of course he had the keys. Yeah. Oh, he's like the president. Yeah. But um, yeah, he doesn't, Howie doesn't fucking age, does he? He hasn't aged in the last 10 years. How old is Danny Howard? He's two years older than me. So I think he's 35 this year. Yeah, I knew he would because I remember... Yeah. When he was at Para, he was 18th old. man a couple of times yeah. in the NRL. Never played. Oh, yeah. Don't think he ever played, but he was named 18th man yeah. a few times. He's 25, in, been in 25s, and then obviously been in the New South Wales Cup system for ages. And then I th- really it's on his own um, back that he just drops, wants to just play Ron Massey. And then I think now he's even looking at if he's going to play to just drop it to like the where he can do two, one to two nights training a, a week. Three premierships. Yeah. And that comp is the yeah. third one they had. But yeah, yeah, they're good. That club here, man, have you been to their club? No, nah, it looks sensational they from everyone's They've got this said. insanely huge RSL now, or, well, leagues club, and then they've just got new Renaults on a car park that's just as big as what the leagues club is. Um, yeah, it's crazy. It was ironic. I went to Para Leagues Club before the kickoff of it on Friday night, and the Peter Sterling Sports Bar is roughly only a shandy bigger than upstairs at West Mitchie. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was absolutely underwhelmed by the size of it. So, yeah, Peter Sterling, one of the greats of the game in commentary and as a footballer, and the bar they name after him, it just looked like a little... Um, you know, like cafe kind of bar sort of thing. We yeah. had the bar and you could get a feed too if you want. Oh, yeah. Had a few different uh, memorabilia things up there, but not not a great deal. Throughout the whole league club itself that was massive, they had other para memorabilia, a lot from the 80s, of course. But, yeah, the sports bar, very underwhelming. Ah. The, fir- the first day we went to, we trained at Redfern. And that would have been cool. Not out on the field, but we were in their weights room. That would have been cool. Yeah, so that was pretty cool because we do, we got to just walk through their um, their lockers and stuff like that, and then just train in their weights room. And they've got they've got a few pieces of equipment that are pretty pretty sweet. We they've got one of those um, running machines that it's like it's anti gravity. Oh, it, like that doesn't put pressure on you. Yeah, so, like like Gerard was using when he was attempting to come yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. So obviously we weren't That'd using be worth it, a fair but they had a few of those in there. And were you shoulder pressing the fifty pluses like the Burgess brothers do? <laughs> no, they were keeping it very light. Yeah, we just had the little bit of gym that we did is obviously very like just kind of root, to go through a routine while we're down there. Yeah, nice. But and then from there we went out to Bronny for a swim. Um, and I've never been to those be- I those little coves no, in the eastern bon- suburbs I hadn't been yeah. to Bondi and shit and I lived down in Sydney for three years and um, yeah but Bronte and stuff that was pretty cool but where were you living in Sydney? Oh, I lived at Su- like Sutherland Shire oh yeah yeah, yeah. out there so, yeah you had your own beaches there yeah or would you need to go there mm. you wouldn't need to go eastern suburbs so fantastic experience yeah how's the body feeling how's the hammy? well I think I, I'm going to the 
physio tomorrow, but it does feel like I've torn my hammy before and it feels like a torn hammy. But the last time I did my hammy, it was a five centimetre, like it was a four to five centimetre tear. So Which is like four to five weeks. Four to five weeks. It doesn't feel like that. It just, because what happened is when, I think it was, uh, it might have been one of um, Sean Johnson's steps and I tried to react to it and then I felt it kind of go. And then I went off for a bit and then I was trying to get back on. And when I got back on, I was, I started running and I was like, yeah, this is definitely something's wrong here because I started limping straight away because of, I felt it. So ever since coming, since that game, I started, I started icing after the game, but I've just, I'm going to treat it like it's a torn hammy because I've got, I think three to four weeks or three weeks before this Plenty next of magnesium. Game. Yeah, yeah. And just get it get right. It, yeah. Get it needled. Yeah. I started, I just did some swimming today and then I'll just keep off, like keep off the running and, and hit, I'll hit the pool down the road. Yeah, nice. Just so I keep that fitness up without, but at the moment I'm just treating it like a torn army because that's what it felt like. It went pop when I tried to step off the left um, to attempt to tackle on one of the New Zealand guys, which was probably 0 for 15. So... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were pretty angry, like not angry, but they, they had a point to prove coming out and putting some points on us, I felt. That's one of the questions, the the listeners' questions, Berg's asked if that was a forward pass, they won off against PNG, and it was pretty yeah dicey pass, but who knows. Yeah, well, I didn't see it. Because it was sort of this weird, ridiculous offload thing where it could have gone forward, yeah. and I might have had to reach for it right out and then was off balance and then put it down the try scorer yeah so it was like but there was a touchy there but that's the thing with one referee and two touchies there's going to be calls they're going to miss yeah and so and people like that but it was so fucking sweet the way that they were rewarding tries you don't look at it because they you got to keep it flowing yeah nothing was really showed in slow motion replay and you know, when they went back, to they it wasn't like when we scored, they showed it in slow-mo so you could have a look if it was an actual yep. put-down or anything. And then also um, just the way that they they obviously – you could tell they were reffing it kind of different where they were just oh, massively. To, to keep it rolling. Unless there was something blatantly, blatantly yeah. there was a penalty or a call to make. But, but what it does is – and I find – with that kind of format is just say Moses, right? We knew yep. he, we knew he had a good season, but the kid he's an absolute fucking freak, and it, it kind of exposes um, parts in people's games where teams would would look at and be like, oh yeah, like the, that he is that good, but sometimes they just get a bit sheltered in that thirteens format, but they've they've got those skills there. So I think it highlights certain skills that we don't always see in the in the larger game. Yeah, and I liked it like that. And they went for those sort of skill-specific players that would adapted to that sort of footy. Yeah. And Meninga picked an absolute mint side and they got it done. And as people um, uh, pointed out, that wasn't anywhere near their strongest side. That no. was probably how did, uh, how did someone describe it to me. That was probably their... D, that was their D side and how good they were. Yeah. I felt for you because you obviously knew that you weren't going to be competing for that. You came with a 13-a-side team to try and play, to prepare yourselves for your big game for the people that don't know. 
the USA have a qualifier against the Cook Islands in four weeks. Yeah, so we're on the 16th of November. 16th of November. So that'll be a big, 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 that'll be a big occasion. And that's what the, that's what the, what you were meant to be sort of doing some sort of a much dress rehearsal as you we're could. Kind, yeah, we're kind of using this to create a cellulose of a team. And then, oh, sorry, a nucleus of a team. Is that what you call it? Yeah, nucleus. Yeah, nucleus of a team. And then um, bring everyone together for that and then extend onto that that 13-a-side game that we have in Jacksonville. I don't think everyone was expecting how much Cook Islands want to get back into this World Cup. Yeah. And I think it just it shows on the weekend and all the articles that we've been reading. They want it... I, the the thing is Tonga Samoa, they've kind of excited everyone in the way that what they've been doing, and I think Cook Islands have been mm. like, "Fuck, I want a piece of that." Yeah, and and that's what you've seen, like the way they came out and blew Tonga out of the water. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and that was a pretty fair side Tonga had. Yeah, and they've got a they've got a an international on Saturday. Tonga play um, the the British Lions. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's uh, five o'clock Saturday, um, Brisbane time. So that'll be a rip snorter of a game. Where's that at? NZ. So that will be an absolute cracker. There'll be some fireworks and that. And you look at the side, like with that British Lions side that Uncle Wayne's picked, he's got Jackson Hastings. He's got uh, Lockie Coote. Yeah. He's got Blake Austin. He's got three fullbacks if he uses... Gareth Widdop is a fullback. So you've got many, many good footballs at your disposal. But Tonga, they will be hard to beat. Yeah. So that will be that'd be a battle. And you could tell after that on Saturday they were actually tearing in. Feeder for feeder, he wanted to get some K's in the legs and he played some big minutes. So that'll be interesting. See how they go in that one coming up. What um there was a couple of questions I had about the way he's played, just your, your style of play. Yeah. You use old Ronaldo Montalio as a as a as like as a half. Where you use Jay Florimo as a runner. Like he yeah. was as a runner, like out in an edge. Wouldn't that have been better switching them to a round? So the thing I didn't I didn't know much about Flo coming into it. He just chatting to him, he's more of a I think a second rower now. Then he's a half. Yeah, then he is a half. I think he, he, like a lot of people, plays half when he needs to, but prefers to be more one, more, that one more off. And that's or, why he was taking a lot of carries and doing a lot of tough yeah. stuff. So that's what he, I think that's what he's kind of used to at the moment. Um, talk, chatting to him, he said he, I, he didn't even bring up half when I was talking to him about it. Um, yeah, and then obviously with Ronaldo, the. The kid's a freak. It oh, he's just, got some game. Yeah, at training, he doesn't. He's shredded. He's he's cut like a snake. Absolutely fucking stacked. And then he's got flick passes. He can kick. He can jump. Oh, he can catch a couple of those head. tries. Are scored off his kicks. Yeah. So he is he more like a fullback style of player? Like, does he come in or? Um, yeah, you'd want to always give him free reign. Yeah, you want to give because you don't want him pigeonholed, do you? Nah, but and and but that's the thing is we've also got with Corey. You want him having hands on the ball okay. as much as I'm he can. I'm just going to make an announcement now. 
we came to a decision, him and I, he's coming on the show, he's mad keen. Yeah. He goes, oh, he goes, oh, Caesar doing a potty. I said, you want to be a guest? He, he goes, listens yeah. to every episode of Corey Maclin. Yeah. yeah. And so we've got to try and tee up. When when do you leave? We leave. So it's on the 16th. I think I'm I'm flying out on the 9th. So I don't know when he is and I don't know when he's got to go back. Well, to he'd be in Brizzy somewhere around the 27th, he said. When we come back. No, no, oh, no, no, here. Yeah. Yeah, well, he'll come on. Yeah, because he, his girl's up here. Bro, he's... He, cool. I, he's, he's a one cool of, dude, He's man. one of the funniest motherfuckers I've ever met. And he's that's why when, when, when we get into camp, um, uh, there's, you know, there's a few of us that we've played together for so long now and, and just... He's, yeah, he's fucking hilarious, man. Watching him play, we were playing double ping pong, like doubles ping pong. So Rutcho sets it up because he's, Rutcho um, favors himself as a ping pong player as well. And just watching Corey try to talk shit to everyone that we're, like that he's playing against with his teammate, it's hilarious. And he takes that confidence out on the field. It's so, sometimes, and it, sometimes when I don't notice it out on the field, I, I'll mention to him, I'm like, Corey, fucking bring that, bring your, bring your shit into it, man. It's all, it's, it just lifts us all up. But yeah, he's one of the, definitely one of the more funny guys I've ever met in my life. Oh yeah, he's a good dude. He's a good fella. And so he'll be full back. Yeah, oh, I'd say so. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have. Yeah, I wouldn't have anyone else there. He just the chat that he adds and the the injection into the game. He can jump in a hooker and jump when he need, when he yep. sees it. He can play like a half. He's just uh, uh, yeah. What's I, the chance of you playing in the halves? Oh, I don't know. I got to see. I got to see. I just direction is a bit lacking. So, and if if Florimay doesn't want to play in the halves, yeah. I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd just jump wherever they need me. And I've kind of already reached out to Rutro and just said about the direction and stuff. And if they want me to, whatever they whatever they want to do, I'll do. But I'll do, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to be playing in the halves than, um, you know, coming off into, into hooker for when Connor gets. Yeah, and I think you yeah. need used two out there together. That's cause... what I think. I like when I'm out there with Connor and Corey. Yeah, together. My opinion, Connor was your best player over the three games. Yeah, he's he's the kid. Yeah, he's good, good player, definitely. And um, he just he adds with Connor, his service is spot on, kind of like a Vorhi, you know, yeah, like his service but is spot tougher. on. Yeah, t- and he, he can better ta- bloke. He can tackle. Yeah, better bloke. Really good hair. Yeah, oh, mad hair, eh? Yeah. Real nice fella. Yeah, some of us saw him from behind, like in the showers. He's got this sick tat that goes down his back, and he's got a he's got a fucking. Um, he's got a pair of apples on him too. Really? So sometimes from the back when he's got that hair down, yeah, you would probably second day in jail, I'd be smacking that shit. Yeah, nice. Yeah. nice. That's good. That's good rap. But yeah, but Connor, that was the second time he'd been paired up, uh, rooming with Cause. Oh, with, okay. With Corey, so yeah, that must have been a bit of an uh, experience. They're, they're besties now, mate. Of yeah. course. You could just tell by the boys that came out to the old castle little tab with us. All them seem to get on real well. Yeah, that that's one thing, and you could probably speak on this, but we feel it's. I've always said it's a team outside my normal team, and that like when I come into camp, it's just usually it's around the same bloke, so it feels so natural. Um, yeah, my, a lot of guys I've known since two thousand thirteen. So it was good hearing you know like um, one of our great guests, Mark Offerdale, talking about. Uh, I don't know if we were talking about global warming or something like that while we are on the piss. That was good. <laughs> I think he was also trying to piss off the US ambassador that was there yeah. because he said, uh, Offerdale said something that was 
politi- inf- uh, politically incorrect. Of course, of <laughs> and course. It, and then the, the US ambassador picked up on it, so I think he was just feeding off that as well. Oh, he, was, he was loving what it. What did you think of Offerdale's weekend? Oh, yeah. He did some good, <laughs> he did some good things. He had that midget PNG guy steal that football off him. <laughs> yeah. It was funny because he said in the first game, he goes, I didn't play the ball once. And so I stayed up that night and watched all the nines games because they were replayed on Fox. Yeah. And he didn't play the ball once. Every hit up, he got an offload or he did a tip on. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that. There was one time he's oh, he looked very disorganized at times and you were taking one out when you needed some shape and just like maybe like another tip and extra just to get away from some of them jammers. Like yeah. P&G liked to box in and whack. So you had to get out away from that. It's funny too, like, and I know he's copped a lot of flack from different things, like fatigue, um, fitness. Oh, yeah, that was my main thing. I thought fatigue. Even Kevin Walters said, "Yeah, your mates' team, they look a bit underdone." <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And that's that's the shittest thing because that's what you can control. You can control coming into camp fit. You know, it's the other stuff. It's the well. You imagine Rucha who would. Have some conditioning sessions, some footy conditioning sessions planned. Well, yeah, the, well, the thing is, Racho does put up pretty good. He has, like, set out workouts that we have to he do. He looks fit enough to play. <laughs> yeah. Old um, Fabio, yeah? Oh, that hair. Yeah. Not kind of good, but it's real good. Like, it was funny because after they said that in when we are in the team meeting in the second day, he's like, or the, like the, on the Saturday or the Friday, yeah, Saturday morning, he's like, just letting you know if anyone... <laughs> Calls me fucking Fabio, I'll fucking smack you in the face. <laughs> yeah, so he wasn't too happy about it. Um, and I saw uh, Costo. Did oh, I yeah. That? Yeah, I saw Costo because he's coaching the, um, helping coach the Fiji side. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so I saw He looked pretty he good. My, you know, he was my cup coach. So Yeah, he, he looks in great nick too. Yeah. He played he, he played a grand final last year for Coffs Harbour. Did he? He was just mucking around playing Reggie's. And then they got injuries in first grade. And he played the last three games up in first grade and won the comp. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, he likes still fucking men. Well, when when he was coaching me, he was still playing. That was Fogs. And he'd just throw himself into wherever he thought we were weakest. That's a fair effort. He did play a fair bit of NRL yeah. and Super League. So, who will come into that squad? Uh, for the US? Mate, I don't know. So... One of the stories over the weekend was Eddie had to pull out. Petty. Yeah. Eddie yeah. Pettyborn. Yeah, but because, um, because of fam- health, yeah, health, family thing. health issues, yeah, which yeah, sucks. Yeah. And I fucking hope it That's goes horrible. so well for him. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, everyone's thinking about that. That's yeah. horrific. Yeah. So, just um, just his daughter. So, he and he came back into camp and just let us know what was going on, which was awesome from him. Yeah. Um, you didn't have to do yeah, that. So, he could have just cruised. Yeah. yeah. So, I wouldn't even think, if, if, like, if that was me, I wouldn't, he wouldn't even be thinking of, coming over to Jackson to no, you know, yeah so but um yeah um obviously uh junior didn't play on the Saturday because he was got, that an injury I heard he got ruled out by the doctor yeah he did in the in the team but um yeah so he got so he didn't play then but we got to see about what Seth is doing can and, you get Seth up? I don't know. Me and Danny, well, Danny's been peppering him and I think we're all going to try to jump on that wagon and pepper him about it because he had so much, so much structure. I know a man game. who could get Sefo. Uh, John Ho. <laughs> I may be thinking about Stephen, yes. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Didn't he help T up get Ronaldo? 
He did. The shark. Yeah. And Ronaldo's got a brother too. Apparently he's pretty handy too. Yeah. So yeah, Ronaldo, man, he's fucking, he was good to have for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like anything. You need to keep him interested for the yeah. future because he qualifies for the Samoans as well. Oh, does he? Yeah. Yeah. American Samoan. So yeah. yeah. Don't want to lose him. Yeah. Uh, but did you, um, Dano's over in New Zealand. Um, okay. Now for the listeners. Jackson Uzabega, our good friend the Ooze, has put up some picture of, it's a video on his Insta, of some guy getting dropped and then he goes, hope you're feeling all right, Dane Adams. So people have seen this thinking it's Dano. The guy does not look anything like Dano. And the more importantly, one of Dano's signature moves is wearing his RM Williams boots nearly everywhere. He loves them. Yeah, this guy is not wearing RM Williams boots, so I knew it was not Dano. So don't worry. Dane Adams will be back on the show very soon. Yeah. he. <laughs> so I messaged him and I go, are you coming around tonight? He's, he said, I'm in New Zealand, bro, but I've got, he said he's got notes to bring on but to talk about the Nines as well. I love it. But, but I think by next week, everyone's over the fucking Nines. So. Well, <laughs> and then the NRL come out today. The Club Nines are back next year and they're having them in Perth. Yeah. So I don't understand. I was thinking that the World Cup Nines was, because it's a World Cup, it's going to happen every four years. Yes, that's what I was told. But were they talking about doing it every year? No, just the club sides. Okay. Just going back to the, like the Auckland sense. Nines. Yeah. But it's going to be on the road. It's going to be like a travelling gypsy around yeah. wherever and change locations. Because, yeah, that it's... No offence to gypsies. But take the, take the, <laughs> take the uh, crowd out of it. Fuck the, the way the, the NRL, stadium was fantastic. The, yeah, the way the NRL football did football was great. Yeah. It was some absolute great thing. There was I enjoyed f- seeing fucking flames, Lebanon. LED posts. I enjoyed seeing one ref. It's a cr- big. It's like a big bash style thing. Isn't oh, it? they picked a team of the tournament. Yeah, they picked nine players. I think you were tenth. Yes. Yeah, so congrats on that. <laughs> but we'll um, go through this side. Okay. Tenth on the missed tackle list, I think. Mitch Moses, yeah, certainly. The Fox, what an entertainer. Holy mooke. Did Love you, the Fox. Did you, and the way that every time he touched the ball, the crowd just would go nuts. Yeah. And also with him, he's probably one of the nicest guys out on the field I've ever met just because he's got a smile on his face the whole time. I thought one good thing was when him and Corey, the Corey boys, got yeah. a photo together after Australia yeah. USA. I thought that was awesome. Because what, what happened is when he scored that try and he did his dance, Corey kind of got in the way of it a bit. Yeah, to fuck it up. <laughs> that was good work. Dave Fafita, an absolute wrecking ball. Looked like a man playing against young boys. On the Friday night, he skips out to the right side, I think it was, and fends off a couple. And then it looks like he's going to draw in the centre and flick. But he just bosses the centre and goes around and reaches out and, and dives it. like a winger and scores it. Fucking crazy. Jermaine Asago, yeah, he was great for New Zealand, scored heaps of tries. Johnson, he was at his electrifying best. Danny Levi playing hooker for Samoa, he was very good. Some of these other ones, like Levi, Jerome Luay, who was like playing half for Samoa, those two would have, were both very good and Samoa made the semis. Reese Robinson playing for Lebanon. Reese Robinson was lighting it up. Mm. Some of his tries were fantastic. He's uh he's got to shave that head though, yeah. 
Yeah, he, like, him and his brother. Just get yeah, rid they're of going. Him. Yeah, Fuck, the old man. hairstyle's gone. Unless they're trying to get a sponsor from Ashton, um, Ashley, Ashley Martin, Martin. Yeah, the yeah, hair but, replacement people. But yeah, Probably they're still good. playing good footy though. Oh yeah, like he went straight from being in the rooster, rooster system when they won it the first time to playing for Queanbeyan Blues in Canberra, and the way the tries he was scoring in nines, he was playing at the Curry Knockout. Uh, Two weeks before, and he was killing it there. But Lebanon was a team where it kind of felt like everyone was jumping on board. Because yeah, and especially when they beat England. That by that point, it was um outstanding. Like the crowd, the crowd going ballistic. Paul Olberg, he uh, plays for Norse in Brizzy in Cup. He's uh was representing the Cook Islands. He also was playing when he wasn't getting selected at Norse in the beginning. He was playing at West Brisbane Panthers. So, yeah, Paul Olberg scoring plenty of tries out there on the ding. Yeah, I know a lot of boys around this area that watch him because of him as well. Yeah, that's nice. So, there you go. You've got, like, you've got a pretty good side there. Some people are complaining about it, but it's a nines competition. So, they're not going to pick four Aussies, four Kiwis, and one other bloke. There's going to be some blokes from other countries that did well getting a spot in it, and they were the men selected. Other breaking news in rugby league. There's talk. That I the, called my man Sival. Yeah. Is, it, is this this one? Um, Val Holmes. The great Valentine Holmes is meant to have – hasn't been 100% confirmed yet, but it was talked today. Paul Green met with him in, in New York, and he's going to be playing for the North Queensland Cowboys in 2020. And he's, he's – He's always wanted to get back there. His missus is from there. Yep, he grew up there. And his wife, his sister's-in-law with... His wife's married to... Mo- uh, his wife's sister is Michael Morgan's missus. Okay, so, so they're, they're brother-in-laws. Been, yep. Oh, okay. So it makes a lot of sense. I just was... I would have thought that he was going to give it like one more year over there. I would have thought now's a bit early to jump. You know, it makes it... You know, it sort of takes the gloss off his... You know, him having a crack. But... Million bucks, that's his go. Maybe he's starting to get the impression that he wasn't going to get a chance. And good luck to him. He'll be coming back to the NF- to the NRL. So that will be interesting to see how Val goes. I know one of the questions we'll have a look at in a bit was how, how do you think he'll go? I will be surprised if he's not in the Queensland side. He might start so he'll get an entire preseason to get himself into rugby league shape. He might start a little bit slow for the first month, but I'm sure he'll find his feet pretty quickly after that. And I would not be surprised if he's playing Origin football. The smart thing what he did is he's the what he did at this certain age is like he would have planned it. He'd be like, okay, I'm going to go try for the NFL. I'm only 23, 24. It makes sense for me to go do it. So if I don't get the crack there, I can come back and have a huge career still. You know, rather than the the contrasting of um, your boy Hain, yeah, who did it later on, went over there, came back fat as a fucking house, and then couldn't get back into any system. Tried to do seven, what is it, sevens on the way home at Fiji, yeah, and Fiji like you're fucking kidding yourself, bro. And then came back, and it was just like came back to the Titans, totally ruined a culture, and then and then had a uh, rape gr- charge burden over his head. Took a million bucks off of them. Yeah. So. 
but yeah, what what he, the way that he's done is so smart. You know, such a young kid going over there and then be, be, the ability to come back. He had a crack. He wanted to try and make the big time over there. Unfortunately, it didn't happen. But that's how it goes. And we'll, you know, Val will be welcome back to the NRL with open arms. I feel like we got to get at some of these questions because they they popped up as soon as you posted this shit. Yep, let's rip yeah, them in. All right, get so in. do you want me to go through the ones and you just say whether you want to touch him or okay, not? Okay, sweet, mate. Okay, sweet. so Laney, do you want to hear anything from him or? Okay. So he said he's... Yeah, yeah I do remember this vaguely. Go for yeah, it. Yeah, he yes. says, uh, was Christian Freed's uh, five point of the greatest individual effort you have seen since Brett Mullins' double chip and chase? Can you just take us through Brett Mullins' double chip and chase? Right. What was that? 1995, in a game at Bruce Stadium, the the Canberraers are playing the Brisbane Broncos. Brett Mullen runs from dummy half, kicks the ball twice, regathers it, and scores under the post. And it still gets brought up and shown. In 95. And I, yeah, he was that good. Can't even think of it, eh? And they won 26 nil. Put a grubber through again, kicked it again. It bounced back into his hands, and he scored under the post. And they gave the Broncos a pasting. Oh, really? And it still comes up on highlights, left, right, and centre. But, yes, I thought your try was better than this. <laughs> so, anyway, um, cheers, Laney. Uh, Noxie goes, um, I don't know what he means with this. He goes, you're talking about me again. Was a mission from the World Nines team a bigger fast? Is he talking about the end team? You know what they chose? Oh, yeah, he could be. Maybe uh, bigger fast than Zach Finn's a mission from the West Mitchie uh, presentation night. I see. What I think he meant your mission. Yeah, yeah. Were you missing out on the team? You missing out on the team of the tournament was an absolute um, debacle. Yeah. And Shamozzle, all the. Mitchie boys feel that you should have been in there. Oh, okay, yeah. Yes, yeah, so yeah, very yeah. biased. But if they if they had a um redhead team of the tournament, Offerdale would have to be captain, yeah. And vice captain would be Jay. Yeah, Jay, my boy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely stand out there. Um, Gladden, mate, uh, our boy, uh, down nines player experience also did Freedy strategically move the post so that Ponga would tackle it, allowing him his mo- moment of glory. What do you think about Ponga in that comp? He was barely sighted till the final. Do you, th- do you think he was carrying something? Yeah, because he wasn't having the involvement we thought he would. But when he decided to turn it on in the semi, it worked, and in the final... He'd have these moments of brilliance every once in a while, which he can, but then you'd see him vanish for a bit, wouldn't know he was there. They had more, besides the players that were named in that team, I thought some of the other standout, I thought Kyle Felt was outstanding, out wide. Kyle Felt played great. He did, yeah. He loves nines footy, and he's got plenty of skills. Mm. Well, on that question, Nate, I reckon the, the player experience would have just been all positive from like all nations. I thought it was fucking sweet. Um, yeah, your feedback just, that's growing praise. Yeah. It's just the timing of the event. That's the only drama and make make some of the merchandise affordable for people to buy. And also keep it at stadiums like that. Keep it at Bankwest. Keep it at a Suncorp. You know, yeah. something that, that, that they have all that facilities downstairs. And it's going to be... Take, lo- it, take it over to that new one at um, Western Australia. 
Yeah, that, and that's where the uh, the Auckland Nines, the former Auckland Nines, I should say, will be played next year. Yeah. Or take it to LA or Vegas. Yeah. Somewhere big. Take it overseas somewhere and put on a big spectacle. Yeah. But also with Nate's question with my moment of glory, mate, if I was still fast, I would have overrun that bounce and uh, not picked that ball up. So thank God I'm older and slower. So yeah. I got I got the luck, luck, luck of the bounce. You know, so, but yeah, because I had some people asking me about, especially at work, oh, is that the highlight of your career? And I'm like, fuck, no, that's not the highlight of my career. Like a lucky bounce of a post against, because it's against Australia in a nines comp, could be in a fucking touch comp against Australia. You know what I mean? My mates at work said, how'd your mate go? So I scored a try against Australia. Oh, did he? Yeah. You know, and that's just so that. Mm. <laughs> no, all my highlights has been... It, it, what, what I think about as a team effort, like what a team has done. They're my highlights. You know, when we beat France when they were ranked fourth, that's my biggest highlight ever. Beating the Cooks? Yeah, the Cooks, yeah. What those, it's just team efforts. Um, Because, yeah, like as you see, I don't see, I don't score. Speaking of France, quickly, did you see um, Jason Batiri, Taz Batiri's son? Taz Batiri's one of the godfathers of international rugby league. Yeah. Jason Batiri... He was born in France when Taz was playing uh, in a comp over there. He has been. He was their captain. After the nines, he quit as international captain because he said there was not enough professionalism in the French side. Okay. So that's a big call. Yeah. That's, so I met Taz when I was playing over there too. Yeah, he's been involved with footy over there for a thousand years. So they have um, a couple of games coming up, one against... Uh, uh, New South Wales Country rep side in parks, and then they have a game against the Junior Kangaroos, which is under 23s now and has a cracking side. So, good luck to the Frenchies with that. Fuck. I tell you what, I would have liked to play the Wales team, though. Yeah. Like, if you're talking about unfit, they were worse than us. He's had a horrible grouping. He's like, you would in there just making up numbers. Yeah. Would have been good if you've got, got against some of these other sides, you could have pushed a bit. Yeah. Would have been nice. But, um, all right, going on, Jaden Parsons, should Big Nelson have been suspended for doing what every bloke would have done um, in that situation? Well, here we are. And we haven't had an episode since talking about it. No. People can say many things about this, but you are brought up to defend your mate. And a mate... It's just been clobbered. So you're going in there, doing your best to help. I put this question. If Nelson Asafa Solomon wasn't a thrashing machine and couldn't throw, and he ran in there and gets bashed, Does that is he you? suspended? No. I don't think so, no. But because he's gone in there and the wrecking ball he does, and it obviously wasn't his first rodeo with bashing people yeah. and just clobbered fellas, he's paying the price of that. Yeah, that first scenario, they would say he's a fucking hero. If hero he running in, and he gets in, gets, gets broken nose, but black eye, dropped like you know, dropped like a fucking uh, dropped like a bag a shit. <laughs> and then everyone's going on, what a hero going in there defending his mate. He goes in there and he's toweling heads, he's kicking skulls in. Yeah, and next minute, boom! That now, that's that's. That's not the appropriate thing to have done in that situation. Oh no, yeah, I think it. It's um. You you don't think it's appropriate what he did? 
No, I think it is. But yeah. if he had been bashed, yeah. like they would have said, it w- it wouldn't have been mentioned, like you said. Yeah. They, but oh, by him bashing everybody, that's considered inappropriate. He could have killed someone. He could have done this. There's a fine line in society the way people look at you. Yeah, hundred percent. Like, just say we were out on that Saturday night. Yeah. If someone did something to me, Corey Maclin's going to give him a two piece and a soda. Yeah. And fuck him up. Yeah. You know. So it's just, that's just the yeah, reaction that you're going to do. Of, yeah. Bring a bit of Corey magic. Yeah. <laughs> um. Noxie again. Uh, seconded. Does the NRL's knee jerk reaction and lack of persecution for the other party now have an effect on players' safety when in public? I think so. They're in this bigger situation where I know once clubs used to hire a like a security guy to go out with them after with games when they're in a group just to make sure like drink spiking or some bloke some tough guy comes over and wants to start things like that. It's a hard thing when you 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 might be a, in the public eye, but you're you're a private citizen. You know, allowed to go out, do your own thing. I can't un, I don't know how this is going to affect clubs, but you can't nurse made blokes all the time. You can't be telling people are they're they're technically on holidays. It's like at work. Your work doesn't tell you how to behave on your holidays, do they? It's just you can give blokes information and try and get them about being careful and and taking certain protocols and re, and reacting to the environment they're in and and not get themselves in trouble. But sometimes situations like that happen, like Vernavale getting king hit and dropped. He's out. He's down for the count. He could have been he could have been seriously fucked. You know? So what did what did this bloke do? Vernavale is like his brother. Yeah. Like the boys are there, you're in a foreign country. You know, Fox is not there. Fox was with him, but he was back in the old bungalow practicing the dance and, and that brother can dance. And this is the thing. What's he going to do? If he doesn't do nothing, what's he going to run off to try and get help and leave his mate who's fucked on the deck? Yeah. No. <laughs> nah. That's it. And and it only would have come out because someone would have noticed that, oh, that's a storm player. If this bloke hadn't... If whoever this... There are a lot of people out there trying to make money out of any situation. So as soon as some, they show this to their mate, this video, and they go, that bloke plays for the storm, it's... Oh, cha-ching, payday. 100%. And it was all over social media. Especially the Bali boys. Yeah. So that's my thoughts on that. Uh, Your boy Jason Stanton. How do I say it again? Stanton. Stanton. I said it right. Stanty. Didn't you fucking pay me up the way that I said it? You said Statham. Statham. Statham's a big, bald, staunch motherfucker in a movie. How did the Nines crowd compare to the crowd Auckland Nines? Have you been into Auckland Nines? No, I've never been. I've watched the, what we've seen on TV. It looked like the Auckland Nines is a bit more of a, um, what would you say, like going over to Hong Kong for the Sevens. Carnival atmosphere. Yeah. I thought we lacked a little in that way. But, but not not. I don't think it was lacking of the way that they were trying to present it, though. It was just the crowd that was there. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. And different cultural groups came to support the their their nation that they were supporting where and then they beat it when they were out. I would like to see the format change a little bit. Maybe have quarterfinals. 
Yeah, because well. he just went semis final, didn't it? Yeah, quarter final to see how things. What about on. the chicks, bro? With uh, the, the more than o- upset. So the Aussies absolutely dominate, and then I just think they gassed out. Can you picture final. how much they would have been? Pay- New Zealand would have been paying if you got on them mm. in that final after they'd smoked everybody. You know what's funny is I know a couple of high le- higher level sevens players, and what their comments were from watching the nine the girls nines is they were like this the the way that that game's starting to be played it's starting to really interest them. Yeah, right. Yeah, because obviously sevens is is touch football with sometimes tackling, where nines yeah. nines is tackling and then just getting to like getting to the edges and it's a lot. There's a lot more defense in nines well, than there is sevens. That Ali Brigginshaw really dominates the is game. Is that the seven? Yeah, um, she's far and above everyone else. She was dominating. There was one time she she scored off a grubber in the first game and it just looked like she was that far, thinking two, three steps ahead of everyone. Is she on our team or? No. She's on the other one? Yeah, on the other team, man. Definitely on the other team. <laughs> okay. Not that it matters. Just, yeah, yeah, just saying. <laughs> so, yeah. Any more questions from these loyal listeners? Yeah, so do you want me to keep going through them? Yeah, why not? Okay, so we got that, we got to hit Bergs. What Bergs? Of course, the Godfather of Rugby yeah. League, author, media man, yeah. redhead, male model, penis model. Yes. Uh, was it fair to penalise the nations PNG in Lebanon for having younger age players? And was the difference between standard uh, R? Uh, rugby league international federation rules and NRL age rules clearly communicated far enough in advance. Have you talked to Bergs about the nines? Yeah, yeah, we had a couple of conversations. Did you like it? Yeah, yeah. From what I can gather, we'd both had several cans under our belt when we were talking about it. But I do agree with his thing. Lebanon was stripped of two comp, two competition points because they fielded a player who hadn't turned eighteen. I don't know how he was registered to play then. I blame the governing body for this. Something similar happened in the women's rugby league in the domestic comp in Brisbane. South fielded uh, a young lady who hadn't turned 18 yet. They won the game. Then they stripped them of the two points because they said, no, she shouldn't have been playing. But they registered you as a player. You Mm. know, the governing body has to take some responsibility for that. Yeah, I don't know. In that, it's... It's kind of different in it because the nine seems like a more a more achievable a structure for younger players than 13s does. I think so. And I've said this many a time. I do think this is the pathway for the future across the world is nines footy and we can grow into 13 aside. But if we can get foothold with nines competitions like... In the US, the Sevens rugby competition of great foothold and that translates to a lot of Sevens comps and 15 aside rugby comps and the USA Sevens team doing great. I was told by someone I can't name that he was contacted. Who was it? I can't name. Who was it? No, I can't. Can't who was it? I can't can't drop my friend Nate into this. (laughs) Well, for sevens. Um, Nate was told by someone that they reckon 
that the USA Sevens team would would have towed you up. Yeah. Yeah, but they can't really. Yeah, they got to they got to see they got to see what tackling and reloading ten is like, and then yeah, that's what then, I mean. Then if come, they come and play yeah, nine, then, then come talk right. to us, can't. And one thing too, Colin Isles is a fantastic finisher. Have we seen him defend? Hmm. Him and Perry Baker and that they don't make a lot of tackles. There's a reason why that Colin went to Pittsburgh. He went to the Philadelphia Eagles, and I and then he didn't end up progressing to their 53-man squad because he's a fantastic finisher. He's a fantastic athlete. But you've got to take a lot more shit carries in what we do and get bashed around a bit. The, right. Yeah, the thing about nines with sevens is nines, there's still an aspect of laying points. Yeah. Sevens is just, a, I, I believe it's just a free-for-all. There's, well, no, there's no structure. Well, let's just put it like this. Right. If you said to me, who do you want? Who's a better footballer? Beretta Faramo or Carlin Isles, I would take Beretta every day of the week. And if anyone tried to question me playing in a league game, then you are a fucking dope. Because Carlin does fantastic things. He's a special athlete. Yeah. But he's not taking shit carries out and getting bashed and dominated all day. Beretta's strong as an ox and scores and has plenty of quick and has. He's got plenty of fast twitch fibers, breaks tackles, scores tries. Yeah. Carlin can do those things, but it's different. You're playing seven minutes. He's fantastic at what he does. Those guys would not be fantastic at what we yeah. do. See, like Carlin doesn't even play 15 aside rugby, you know, things like that. And I'm not saying he's fantastic sevens rugby player. And he's a great entertainer. And he's a he's one of the reasons why people watch it. He's one of the reasons why I watch it. They couldn't come and do what we do. It'd be but like, yeah, and I think Beretta could slide over there and show and do exactly what they yeah, do. He could fit into what they yeah. do. No he drama. Fast, strong. Can he? Beretta's played union. He's, and there's a difference between being a great athlete and a great footballer. You look at it like some of those boys, like those um, actual uh, American boys in your side. They probably would have been if we were doing a hundred yard dash. They might have had. They probably had the fox covered. But the thing is, you've got to be able to move like a fox, have the agility, the takeoff speed, the cut, the late cuts, the great footwork, the anticipation, things like that. That's what makes him great, having all these things. There'd be faster wide receivers in the NFL than Odell Beckham Jr. But not everyone can make plays like he does. There'd be a lot faster... um, Julian Edelman, there'd be a lot faster wide receivers than him. There'd be a lot bigger wide receivers than him. But, like, he got—he was MVP in a Super Bowl. So, you know what I mean? There's a difference between being a great athlete and a great football player. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. With Yeah, it's it, – I think it's sometimes stupid to compare them. Yeah. Like, don't, don't – People are great at what they do. You know, it's apples and oranges. Mm. Like, we still run – with nines, you still run, and even the Australia did. I think the more legit nine side was New Zealand compared yeah. to Australia, because Australia dug in and, and set for a couple. And they didn't find their um, mojo. Yeah. But I just think where, where Australia got them was because they were just like, okay, we're going to complete these sets and then go out to the edge where New Zealand were playing a traditional nine style. Where they're going back, like left and right. 
and it kind of worked against them because they were handing over a bit more ball. But in that, and then extend on that, and that sevens even more. You don't, yeah, in nine, you can't overkill it, but you can't have too many settlers to get to a spot. You want to get one play, you want to get to a spot on the first one. Then you want to two pass shift. That's what you weren't doing. You want, need to move the ball and you need to move, manipulate the defenders around, change of angles and that. There was a little bit like, that's why I think you need to be in the halves. I've had this discussion with another West Mitchelton coach today and he's in full agreement. Oh, that him. fucking cokehead, Clint Dolan. Is he alive still, bro? He, he, we're getting him on the show soon. Okay. Mate. Okay. Uh, he's coming on. We've got a lot between of chemo. Between chemo. We're getting him on. No, and this is an exaggeration. I don't want his missus. Uh, bag. She was feeling Yes, yes, yeah. Clint, his health is fine at the moment. He's just like the rest of us. Good He's not you, a young man, yeah. okay? All right. That's all good. Okay, so Thomas J, our boy, the most intense media guy in the world now, well, supposedly. Retired, retired from playing to concentrate on this. First of all, that video clip that went up about them arguing was a total false. <laughs> really? Don't you reckon? <laughs> that looked a bit too easy to keep to kick yeah. off off that. If you okay. got shared WWE, WWE, all right. Oh, that hundred <laughs> percent. But anyway, they do the their um their promo vids and shit are kicking the goals, man. Mate, they're getting lot a big big following. Rucho's meant to be coaching San Francisco. Yeah, he wasn't even real sure. I asked him the other day, the other night. Yeah. But, yeah, they've got him, I think, and John Manning helping out with the LA boys. So this will be... John Madden? John Manning, not okay. John Madden. Oh. No, John Manning, former NRL player. Good mate of Bergs. Yeah. Good, good mate of Dave Miles. That's another bloke. David Miles, I'm throwing it out to you. Let's get you on the show sometime, mate. Oh, that'd be sick. You know, yeah. gives a few good drop, stories. Drop some knowledge on yeah. us. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we'll need him and yeah. Benny Matt soon. But, yeah, fucking oath. But um, old Dildo says that uh, what is the mood like heading into the qualifying against Cook Islands? Um, we kind of covered this, but yeah, it's just we got we to gotta all stay, keep doing what we're doing and try to go in there. Teams that like Cook Islands, it's a fucking completion game again. You do. And it's just, you just got to complete and just try to hang Can on. So. Is Ronaldo playing? He said he is, yeah. Nice. So Ronaldo will be there. Breda will be there. Seth is going to try to be there. Um, a couple more players that I can't say right now, but that are on the, um, yeah, but that are on the list to try to get that, um, that are heritage players. But because obviously they've seen what all these articles that Cook Island's putting up. Michael Offerdale. Yeah. Michael Offerdale, he's, it sucks because if he came in, he'd be captain and we wouldn't know what had to do with Source. Right. Yeah. I see, yeah. It's very yeah. loyal of you boys. Yeah, because Source is still um, <laughs> trying to promote that there is no climate change. And yeah, I noticed they had some interesting um, discussions with people when we were in the pokey bar there. Mm. At the Castle Hill Tavern on Saturday evening. Yeah, so, but anyway, um, do you want me to keep cranking through yeah, these? Yeah, let's go, man. Um, Glenn Donaldson says, where's the crowd? You that, can touch on this, right? Mate, Sydney is a horrible place to have football games after the season. There's a test match on Friday night. Uh, the Kangaroos play against 
New Zealand down at uh, Wynn Stadium at Wollongong. A game like that will attract a few people because they've taken it to a regional area. But other than that, like, it's just bad scheduling. I thought, like, it's just very bad scheduling considering I don't know when you could have it because you've had this now you and now you want to have over in Perth, you want everyone to be mad keen excited for the Club Nine circuit in February, which will be there in the blink of an eye. Just just touching quickly on that New Zealand side, I just brought up, they've named their test side for Friday night. Roger Tavashashek at fullback, Ken Mahamalo on the wing, Chance Nickel Clockstead named at centre with Joseph Manu and Jermaine Asaku, the uh, Asaku, I should say, the other winger, Sean Johnson and Benji Marshall, who's captain in the halves. Was Benji injured on the weekend? Or he just... No, they just sat him out. He didn't want to play. Leeson Armour, one front rower. Warrior Hargraves, the other. Brandon Smith at hooker. Brighton Nakora from the Sharks. One second row with Kenny Bromwich. Adam Blair, lock. Uh, Jerome Hughes in the 14 jerseys, the utility. Zane Tedavano. Braden um, Hamlin Uali from the Sharks. And Corey Huera Naira make up the bench, so he's rested a couple of blokes. They've got a, they've got a bit of a tour. They've got games against uh, the British Lions coming up, and I think Samoa maybe as well. I'm not sure about the small one, but that's a pretty strong side to play against the Aussies. And the Aussie side, uh, just going off memory, is <laughs> uh, uh, Tedesco at fullback. Yeah. You've got uh, who? Felt. No, Felt didn't get a start. You've got Whiten and in the centres. You've got the Fox and you've got um, Nick Kotrick on the wings. You've got Latrell Mitchell as the other centre. You've got um, Munster at 5'8", Daly Cherry Evans in the seven. You've got uh, Jake Travoyevic at lock. You've got um, uh, the captain, Cordner, one second row. Oh, Butchins, McGee. Yeah. Uh, up front, you've got you've got Cook and Hooker. Uh, you've got I Papali. went up to Bennett. So I went up to Bennett after. Did I tell he you this? No, you didn't. Okay, so I went up to Bennett. I saw him down at VanQuest. And I was like, sup, cunt. Um, just letting you know that, yeah, Rabbitohs aren't doing that well. And I've heard about Cook on the sand, but we play on fucking grass. So if you want to introduce me to the team, I'll be sweet. I gangster, gangster hugged him and it was like, peace. It's nice. That sounds good. Yeah. But that's what Offerdale wanted me to do for $200. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not no. a lot of money and for then, a guy like and then, and then we're walking past him. We're walking past Bennett. So Offerdale <laughs> told me, he's like, yeah, let's do this. And then we're walking past him. He's like, here's your chance. Go go up to Bennett. He's talking to Benji Marshall. I'm like, I'm definitely not doing that, bro. But, uh, Offerdale is an interesting yeah. character. Tyson Frizzell, the other second rower. Um, they've got Payne Hass on the bench. With Paul Vaughan. Did that, you say Fafita was starting? No, nah, he's in the 23s. And the under 23s, the oh. junior. Yeah. So Haas is getting an opportunity. Yeah. Because Haas would be in the 23s too, wouldn't he? He could be, but they've picked yeah. him in the test side. 
18th man is Cameron Murray. So you've got some good footballers. Uh, Wade Graham on the bench. So who's off the bench hooker? Off the bench hooker is Hunt. Okay. Hunt's the 14. So between him and Wade Graham, that covers most of your positions there, really. And you've got two fronties. Yeah. So pretty cracking side. And he, reckon, and he said that Fafita could be pushing for a spot in the next test against a week later against Tonga. I think it'd pro- it, what it sounds like, that's just giving Fafita more of a rest again. Because yeah. him and Haas should be in the team, no doubt, 100% every single time. Absolutely. That, that's another freaks. thing with the um, with the nines. I'd love to see an Indigenous side let the boys rampage. Definitely. Like, unleash. Unleash. You'd get some good footballers in there doing some damage. You picture if Luttrell was there. Yeah. Like, he'd be almost untackleable, Mitchell. Mm. If he decided to turn up. And he would wearing that jersey. Yeah. And you picture blokes like Jimmy Roberts and that actually having a go. Yeah, that's if, right. If they decided to turn up and rip it up. Um, there was one question I was asked. I keep meaning to get back to that. Joshy Spears contacted me weeks ago. And he put thought an idea and he just said, do you think that like with throwing a lot of these kids into these development squads, do we go too early sometimes with it and we take too many kids from the one area sort of thing? You know what I mean? When we're throwing these development squads together and things like that. And you know how there are times it can give kids that false sense of security that they're going to make it. Like, if you're in, like, I don't really see how you should be having too many de- development squads, like bigger development squads, like in 14-year-old age groups and things like that. If your club wants to have a development squad with about three or four age groups in it, like Arani used to have like a, a Kasolki's development squad, intensive training squad and things like that. Were you in this? Yeah, well, that was the thing. And a lot of blokes I know have been in it. Yeah. But not a lot of them played in the NRL. Yeah. You know, things like that. But you're bringing these kids in, you're taking kids out of areas. And if you, if you can, if you, some kids will leave clubs to go to another club. It's like premiership chasing, but if you think it will improve your chances to be playing rep footy and things like that, like I remember when I was playing at Brothers Juniors, there were some lads like, a lot of my mates a couple of years younger. 1960s or? No, no, it was actually the 90s actually, okay. man. And they had dudes travelling from Cleveland yeah. to Brothers. Okay. You know, just to be in a gun side. Yeah. And things like that. Like Yeah, I, I think... Um I was, I was talking about this today about a student, um, but clubs, because they have the ability to cast a whole blanket over a bunch of kids that they think are going to develop into something, mm. they do it. Yeah. And, and, th- and that's something that if you compare it to, let's say, NFL, NFL teams don't give a fuck about casting blankets because they just wait till these athletes reach the end of their college years and be like, okay, I'll poach them now. And so, I think that's what, like, Joshy Spears was hinting at. You, you know, if you're good enough at 17 or something like that, 18, yeah, they'll take you. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. You don't have to be spotted at 12, 13, 14. Yeah, and you'll have schoolboy carnivals and stuff to play at yeah. or Brisbane teams you're playing in. But you have five development camps, you know what I mean? And everyone's teaching you the same stuff or – they're teaching you at this, if you were to say a North one, they're teaching you how they think you should be playing football. You go to one 
for like all in the Western Corridor. They'll teach you how they think you should be playing footy. Everyone's teaching you the same sort of block shapes, halves, how to control a game, this, this and this. It adds to the sort of tunnel vision that we can have at times where we need to be developing more halves uh, that can play eyes up footy in the game. Look at Brisbane. They have all these great junior halves. Now look, now they're with this drama. We got one coming out of Mitchie. You know, like... What's his name? James. Yeah, he, he's a good up-and-comer. From yeah. Mitchie, and then he, he's looking to be a prospect. And then, so that's... And, but if you look Josh at... Josh James, if, yep. Yeah, if you look at Joshy James, he was playing fullback a lot of his juniors just because that's where the team benefited from him most. And now he's fallen... Now he's... Uh, He's gone back to his probably his natural position, which is a halfback. And then, but he's one that look. I don't know how early they threw that Broncos got over him, but now he's at Norse, isn't he? Yep. Yeah, and so, but he's he's probably um he's probably a positive fucking um. What'd you say? Like a. A, 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 a shining like, light yeah yeah that of of what happens when they do follow a thing but he's not he's not the majority like he's a minority of what happens if you're in a system like well, that and you look at it not everybody has to come through those systems to make it billy walters played colts at east played fogs for a couple of years at east won premierships with blokes like jeff holcomb things like that and gun fogs like trig brought him into into cup he progressed, became a very good cup player, carved up at um, resident in residence games and things like that. They were right under Melbourne's nose, and that's how he got a look in. It's not the end if you're not spotted when you when you're a young bloke like Cade Cust, Cade Cust at Manly. Cade Cust came from the SG Ball and Harold Matt system. Cust played like over half a dozen games of NRL this year, where things like that like. You don't have to be in out. You don't have to be New South Wales twenties and things like that. A lot of those kids that play Queensland and New South Wales twenties never ever play NRL. Yeah. It's a thing like that too. And if you get, you can get pigeonholed in a system. Yeah. If you got, we on if what Josh is saying. If if you've got more less less direction into a club that you have to go play for and just say we keep the whole Queensland open to where kids are allowed to play for their team and still get looked at by a club, then that's going to benefit the whole competition and then you're going to see them in their positions and their potential more than what they do following just say if I was a um, player at West and then I got brought over to Norse but Ben Hunt was in front of me and then I have to play a different position to try to even make a fucking side that kind of, like I see less of that happening but if you've got more teams that have they where Broncos aren't saying you have to play here 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 but they're just playing still at their natural sides and then they get to play their well, natural positions Cooper Cronk was an Australian schoolboy rugby centre yeah when they got him to North there he didn't really have a position for a while until Matt Orford left yeah Things like that, and he developed, worked on his game, meticulously yeah. trained. Bellamy set him some parameters: get your kicking game right and make your tackles, and I'll pick you every week and let you develop. Yeah, things like that. Like look at Dano. Just say Dano stayed at West, right? Yeah, and didn't didn't have the ability to drop back to us. We wouldn't know that he's one of the best utilities in the world. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? We just think that he's a half cast fucking. Um, he's not really. He just likes to. Betray that he's 
part indigenous. <laughs> no, I did. I didn't mean that. I should have said half ass. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. <laughs> no, but I just like we would just think, oh, he's he just a, gets he's mistaken. A, yeah, he's know, an average halfback. Yeah, but not knowing that. Oh, yeah, but he can also play hooker. He can play he, for center. He can play yeah. second row. He can play lock, and that. Yeah. So I don't. I don't it's know. A, I it's think. a funny thing too. And as a kid, like Sean Berrigan became a half. He was playing lock and then was told by Brisbane selectors that you won't play any rep footy if you play if you're playing lock. We have enough locks. And he so started playing in the halves and was tearing it up like he did when he was at lock. And then they moved him into hooker for that grand like before that grand and final. And when he got it. into high grades, it developed it, add another string to his bow mm. and things like that. Like he started off in the centres that year and then played and went to hooker when they needed a hooker. Innes blew his knee out, and then he got the Churchill Medal. Yeah, and things suck so, and things like that. So it's interesting thing. You have to. There's going to be different coaches, but there's going to be a lot of programming. If you overprogram too many kids, you you're not going to play eyes up footy ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when they get you there, good coaches want you to be identified situations, take command when you're a half. And it's just hard to like to get. You've got to be able to jump through all these hoops, but and be able to play structured footy. Like when um, uh, Josh Josh Cleland came back from the the Jets five eight, he went to Sydney for three years. One year at the Sharks, two years at the Bulldogs. Didn't play any NRL, but he was in teams of the year, killing it. Like in uh, New South Wales Cup, the reserve grade competition. When he came back. Steve Johnson told me how it took him a month to deprogram him to play Jets football. Okay. And Cleland, he he was a residence 5'8 and captain and had a blinder. So it's important to be able to adapt to structured footy but be able to play off the cuff as well. Some blokes can't do that. And if you get programmed too much, it's no point wanting to get to here on three when when we've got to, we've got to there on one – and then something's opened up and we could hit back. You need to be able to hit back on the opposite side and score. Not go, oh, we've got to take two more settlers to the middle. It's being able to to basically just read what's going on and being able to adjust. And blokes have to eyes up and be prepared for these things and push through and just adapt to what's thrown up at you now yeah. and then. <laughs> Definitely. We went way off track with that question, but what you're saying, I think is right. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we come down to it. It's, it's, we got a, it can't be cornered into where we need to play. We can, we, the competition should be well left open like it is in the, just say the NFLs, the, yep. uh, where they're, I agree. Basically you're playing what Josh and is at saying, a certain age fucking. I don't think we that. need to blanket so many kids into five, yeah. into these five different development squads yeah. at an early age. Well, you, you like, for example, even Scraper. So Scraper yeah. got kind of corner hold into a South Sydney, like he thought, I'll go down to South Sydney and trial because that they were like, I'll oh, do this. I think they threw him a set of brand new boots and you know what I mean? That yeah. kind of shit. But, um, yeah. Is that, this serious? Yeah. Well, you're actually we, telling us. Oh, I thought you were telling No, no, when we're younger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we're cult. So I thought that like me and Scrape would play at West again, but uh, I didn't know Scrape was going to a certain um, club to, to 
link up with to have a trial at South. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and that was through Brandon Lamb and shit. And that was because he got um, Scrape was playing good footy. Then at Ready. Got, got exposed. Yeah, no, that was before Ready. So he went down and then came back to Ready. But uh, he, yeah, he went there because yeah. if you come here, you can get a trial. Yeah, but it, he wouldn't never left West. I don't think if that it was because of they were saying, "I'll oh, do this," yeah, you and know. we'll get you a trial. Yeah. And yeah, dangled the carrot. Yeah, what's Bergen saying is that true flight centre captain made more meters than some of the players. They were sponsored by flight centre, and there was a guy in a flight in a yeah. like a pilot suit walking round, and they had the like the kind of, like the blimp type thing flying to the old plane blown up plane yeah he said some uh, they walked around the whole stadium where some blokes didn't play a lot of minutes he's saying yeah, yeah. that is correct okay alright sweet and then the uh, I reckon just we'll, with the questions and stuff the what was your if you could take in uh, overall country that you for that weekend or like a highlight what do you reckon it was for you of the weekend so that's just kind of going off uh, um, David Ellis's question. Oh, there was Lebanon's win over over England was fantastic, just because they just all the people bought into it. The Prime Minister of the Lebanon Rugby League uh, hugged Mick Carboni and said, "This is the greatest his greatest football moment ever." Really? Yeah, people were just loving it. So that's good. And so it's Lebanon good to, for you, man. It, that was there was some great great thing. Just seeing some of the footy that just lit it up. There were many, many moments. Every time Fox touched the ball, the Fox, he was, yeah, it was fantastic. Fox is like now, the way I look at it, Fox is kind of like if if it was the UFC, Fox is nearly Conor McGregor. Yeah. You know, he just sparks the people's imagination and you watch him and you can't wait. And Fafita could be that sort of player down the track, Dave Fafita. Like, look at what he potentially does. You know, I thought, yeah. wow, this guy is phenomenal. Like, who knows what he could develop into and, and to what he could turn into. Do you have any, um, moving off of this, you got any goulds of the week for us? Oh, not goulds of the week. Let me see. Trying to think. I haven't really thought of too many. Oi, also, sorry, forgot to mention, what do you think about, so me and Roddy, when we're down in Sydney, we're having a chat with the guys trying to start up that New York side. Oh, phenomenal. Well, yeah, it was, so, wasn't that an education, just some of the things he was telling us. Yeah. It was unreal. That was very enjoyable. Yeah. And Who were we chatting to? Tony. Tony. Big yeah. Tony, yeah. Yeah. Man, it was phenomenal. So they, we're talking about the uh, obviously the rugby league New York side that they're trying to start. That's trying to push like Toronto is going into a Super League um, system, but um, obviously they'll start in Championship if they yeah, get a start. Yeah, they'll follow the path Toronto took. Yeah, but it's pretty close to actually happening. The same. Yeah, because I'd say for a lot of boys, especially, I know they're not targeting guys on the end of the career like Toronto did, like to- Tony was saying, but for a lot of rugby league players going to play well, in New York. Well, there was a story is, in the paper inviting. today they were going to offer a million bucks to someone like Benji or someone at the end. I heard it was offered out. Well, of course, me yeah. too. Yeah. But like, yeah, from what Tony was telling us, they're not bringing no has-beens. They want blokes in their prime that are prepared to want to help the game expand and make a difference. Fair enough, and smart blokes. They've done a bit of research at the Melbourne Storm Club and were just smart operators. You know, like they brought some smart people in. 
I wish them all the best. There'll be certain roadblocks because there'll be a lot of jealousy in that from either English clubs or just other people involved in rugby league. Like, you look at different nations at the moment, there's governing bodies feuding in Lebanon, Tonga, the USA, France. You know, there's all sorts of, like, dramas behind the scenes and that that it's kind of, it's stunting the growth of the game. You know, there's hope everyone, and some people, if they're not involved in things, they want to shit can it, yeah. which is a, a fact of life. If they didn't come up with the idea, they don't give a fuck. But yeah, they've got, they've got that, like, especially Tony, he's just, he's more about, he's just motivated to make it happen. Oh, mate, he just had everything, he spoke, every question we asked, he just, man, he just had um, a clear and, uh, precise answer and yeah. some of the things he was telling us about were phenomenal yeah. <laughs> doing it was unbelievable Neem right he might have um, danced in the devil's dandruff but we were listening with open ears <laughs> yeah we're in shock that was probably making me ask too many questions <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think he picked up on it too because yeah. we're so interested yeah but, um, I loved it I loved it he was such a good person yeah man but I can't yeah I can't think of a girl of the week bro no, no everything was great yeah but Last thought on the nine. I think nines is phenomenal. I'm glad that we're not doing the World Cup for another four years, though, because if they're going to do the club nines, you don't want to dilute the product too much. But I'd like to see it used in development stages in various parts of the world just to get a foothold in. I'd love to see it in high school systems in the US, start getting something going there. Yeah. Was that your final thought? No, that was just that. But my final thought oh, today. <laughs> so that was the conclusion of the nines. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got to get Vergs on here. I want to see what he thinks about it all. Oh, he's got plenty of... But yeah, for me, the, the, the nines was a total success, even though the crowd wasn't there. But for the players, I think if you ask anyone, it was such a positive, uh, yeah, positive thing. And um, everyone enjoyed it. It was sick. And even, oh, I thought it was awesome to also the, the girls' platform for it. Yeah, the, Heather was that, that upset was, and shit. Yeah. yeah. The, and they play a test match as a curtain raiser on Friday night. Yeah. So they'll be, there was a bit of um, shit chat between the two yeah. nations, too. So, yeah. Nine, oh. and, and nines of girls are getting hotter, yeah. too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so that's going to be tough, as. Yeah. All right. All right. Want my final thought? Like an oath. Okay. Treat the earth and all that dwell therein with the utmost respect. Thank him? you. <laughs> Sweet.